I have a question for you today. Who listens to Kingdom Speak? Well, we know preachers listen to Kingdom Speak. And we know saints listen to Kingdom Speak. You know another group of people who listen to Kingdom Speak? That's preachers, kids, PKs, we call them. This episode is for you. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Welcome into the studio, everyone. It's a nice, balmy, warm Fried. day here uh, in the frozen tundra of Canada. Easy. It's and not that yet. I still have water in my pool. Yeah. Not ice. No ice yet. Yeah, we're good. You know, depressingly, yeah, I'm just saying, something has changed in the last week in the air. I love it. You love it. I love it. Oh, man. I love fall. This is when producer Randy puts on his orange yeah. on and starts running around in the woods. and yep. Killing things. Yep. Piling up animals for the winter's food, I guess, or get, something. That's what he says. Venison. Venison. Hey, guys. Welcome back, uh, and gals. So, yeah. Uh, I wanted to read a couple reviews. I know that surprises you. Listen to this. Number one favorite podcast. Five stars. I absolutely love the podcast. It gives me another reason to say... TGIF 10 on 10 would recommend. I was so excited to meet Brother McKillop at the Lawhorns conference. One request. Dot, dot, dot. Mm. Uh oh. Bring Sister McKillop back. Hey, what? <laughs> uh, there we go. From Chris Denae on Apple Podcasts. And we will say amen to that. Bring Sister McKillop back. Okay. Can I get a amen? Amen. So was that her actual handle or did you pronounce her name properly? No, that was the handle. That was the handle. One more great podcast. Words can't describe how how great, full, and honored I am to listen to this podcast every morning I am at work. But numbers can. It's 10 on 10. Oh. And that's from Senior Frigil on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. And if you're working... Get to work. We will say amen to you. <laughs> Can I get a amen? Amen! Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah! It's been a few weeks since we had a guest. It has. We're sorry. <laughs> They're just getting tired of us. <laughs> Bring somebody else. The last unique episode, I would say, was uh, when you were fishing. Gone fishing. Gone fishing. Yeah, that was our, mm -hmm. our last highlight. See if that happens again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I noticed you haven't done any more fishing trips no. in the last no. few weeks. No. We've tried to make sure that I've been... I, I actually got one message in response to that episode, which mm -hmm. was just a careening... <laughs> yeah. And he said, it's not hard to tell there was no adults in the room. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that was good. Like see, we have to do that once in a while, so you appreciate the premium. <clears throat> right. Right. Exactly right. The host and the guests. So today, we do have a guest. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's in the Zoom house. Mm-hmm. He's in the Zoom house. We have with us today, all the way from Louisiana, Moss Bluff, right? Yes, sir. 
Moss. Pastor John Heron. Yes, sir. Welcome. Good morning, guys. Hey, how are you today, sir? Well, I'm very happy, very blessed, and what an honor it is to be with you. Man. Shout out to his tech support as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we weren't recording. Yeah, thank you, Juliana. Uh, yeah, she, uh, so for, for our audience listening, you know, and we talked about this a lot when we first started, but the whole tech, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, calisthenics you go through before an episode recording. Um, you know, I mean, Bishop Odom probably takes the cake, Pastor Wade Townley. Mm-hmm. Those would be the top two who just managed to take an hour to get set up for an hour's episode. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they were these these folks, these fine folks were all set up. We we jumped into the call. <sighs> it's like, you know what? The camera's too far away. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> hey, is she still in the room? She left, and uh, I think she slammed the door. <laughs> yeah. It was 15 minutes of, like, moving boxes and tripods, and ah, uh, she did a yeah. great job, so congrats. Well, we should, yeah, we shout out her. to Juliana. Yeah, we should send her some merch yeah. or something. It was, uh, yeah. I'm a little bit on the tech side. <laughs> <laughs> so this past February... I had the distinct honor of being with Pastor Hare for their youth weekend in Lake Charles is where it was held. Um, And what a tremendous, tremendous time we had. Thank you for the privilege to be with you. Um, One of the things that really stuck out to me about that weekend, and we have been trying to get this set up ever since then, was... They set aside some time for a pastor's kids or preacher's kids, and this mm-hmm. this will be this will be a term a PK mm-hmm. uh, luncheon where yes. they were all brought together and they provided a venue where questions could be presented to um, a table that that was that was comprised of a number of, of ministers. And they just really focused on preacher's kids. And that, that was one of the most riveting things of the weekend for me. The church service was great. Uh, preaching was a bit, a bit on the short side. Oh, who preached? I don't mean time-wise, but short on the <laughs> expectation. But the luncheon was okay. off the chain. And this has been something that Pastor Hare has had a a burden for, and that is preacher's kids. So we wanted to have him come on today and talk a bit about that. So, but before we jump into that, I want to talk about a preacher's kid, and that is Jace. God definitely miraculously um, touched Jace uh, hair. He was in an accident playing ball. You want to give us give us a little rundown on that? Well, thank you for asking. First, let's let's go back to that PK lunch. And the reason why it was off the chain is because you were one of the panelists. Oh. So uh, <laughs> let's get that record straight. And uh, we are grateful. It's been it's been a wonderful uh, wonderful opportunity to host that. But thank you for asking about Jace. Jace is eighteen, and about ten days before he graduated, he uh, they were playing. Uh, ball at the church and slid into home plate. They came and got me, said there was an accident. 
and I had no idea if it was Jace or what was the issue. But to get to where it got critical, um, he was not responding. Uh, ended up having to call an ambulance. We went to the emergency room and they found out his skull was fractured. Had a lot of injuries, but the, the critical issue was his skull was fractured. And we were reminded again of how precious life was. Wow. We went immediately to ICU. The doctor was crying. And uh, of course, mom and dad did too. But yeah. it, it uh, makes me so grateful to be part of such a powerful church, people calling and praying and visiting. And we're thankful to say that is a memory now. Jace has uh, went through his surgery. He's completed his therapy. He's released by all doctors. He started back to university uh, yesterday, and uh, he we expect a full recovery. Oh, so, thank wow. God. That's awesome. Thank you to God, thanks for asking about him. Thank you for your prayers. Absolutely. Such a great, great young man. Plays, wow. yes. plays some serious I, guitar. My goodness. Yeah. We're blessed. Yeah. So, um, to those that are listening to us, what's a PK that wouldn't know? Mm hmm. I think it depends on who you ask. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we want the bad story first. <laughs> well, it's an abbreviation for punk. One. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> it just depends and I on say which... that because uh, I feel like we have imminent qualifications. <laughs> I'm a PK and I married a PK. There we go. Uh, we've often heard it rotten PKs, yes. but, uh, I, I, uh, it's something obviously dear to my heart and, uh, you know, brother McKillop, I think when you think about a call to the ministry and you've been through the same background I have, you, uh, grow up in church, you hear where God is, uh, audibly speaking to Sure. Men calling them into the ministry, at least they feel a compelling, you know, drawing to God. But to my knowledge, nobody ever has had a calling to be a PK. You know, they had no no options. So good. And uh, and it's it's uh, it's something that they just grow up in. And I am so thankful to have had the raising and the training that I was given. My yes. parents did not. I think there's so much to be said about the power of perception. It's, it's over half the battle. You know, it's, uh, if you can get I your agree. perception right and your, your, uh, the disposition that you take that that's, uh, that's over half the battle and how you look at things. I was never, never put on a pedestal and never made to think that it was a burden. But, um, and boy, that's the balance. Desire, yes. Yes. And I had never been to a, a PK event. Um, 
we, we, of course, raising our children, uh, I, um, I want them to feel like they, they love, they love their life. Yes. And so we constantly tried to provide outlets. I thought this was a great opportunity to bring people with similar backgrounds together, not to try to form an elite club, not to have a therapy session, but just to bounce ideas off of one another and use what God has given us. It's a great opportunity to influence others. And uh, we've been doing that for about 10 years and uh, we, we, we really love it. Look forward to it every year. Man, I, I really do salute you for that. It, it was, it was a special moment for me being there now as, as a pastor, but being able to relate to being a preacher's kid that, Right. And it, it, it was just, it was an invaluable, an invaluable uh, moment. I want to circle back to something that you said. Um, I don't know if you've heard in, in the pre-show, we were talking about Brother Marks uh, being with you this yes. past weekend. I don't know if you've heard Brother Marks' message. I heard him preach it, I believe, the first time at No Limits, like 2010, something like that. Were you guys even born then? No, I okay. was. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. What was that word? Punk, <laughs> young punks. <laughs> Way back in 2010, but he he talked about it, and he he specifically highlighted the pastor's wife when he used the example that God called Abraham. God spoke to Abraham, but Sarah only heard yeah. Abraham repeat what God had said. Hmm. Yeah. And so placing this even farther down the demographic of a pastoral family, children, and that's something that I think may be lost on a lot of people, they are not called to this position. Right. That's a powerful, that's a powerful, hmm. um, speaking of per per perception, that's a powerful perception that, the church needs to know, and they need to know. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm living proof that that parents they can shape the mindset uh, of a of a child. You can, I believe, you can drive them to ministry or away from wanting to ever have anything to do with it by simply how you view issues. The, um, somebody came recently and I took them back to this dream childhood area that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And amazingly enough, the big lake that I was raised up on, it, it has, it's shrunk into a small little pond. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I was raised in a mobile home, just constantly on the move. Our community had about 500 people in it, uh, end of a dirt road. They had potholes big enough to fish in. Um, we never had a new vehicle in our family until the church bought my dad uh, a, a new truck for his, like, 25th anniversary. Wow. But believe me when I tell you, I thought we were rich. Sure. I, 
thought, I mean, it was just the life of Riley. They never came home and grumbled. They never uh, threw negativity about the church. And, and I grew up thinking it was just the greatest opportunity ever. And uh, you know what? I still believe that. It is a I blessing. Do I do too. That, that kind of uh, reminds me, you're talking about parents being able to shape the perspectives and the thinking mm-hmm. of their children. Um, that's a major thing. Because you and I had this discussion before I came. You sent kind of a list of, of potential questions mm-hmm. that would be presented at the luncheon. And I told you, and I believe Brother Burgess had the same story, that I, I don't have any sad stories as a preacher's kid. Right. I, I, I thought I lived, I lived the dream, man. But my dad, right. I can remember my dad telling the story, and I'm going to try to be as um, anonymous here as I can, about riding down the road in a vehicle and a, and a pastor sitting in the front seat uh, speaking to him as a younger man, saying, ah, this pastor and I'll kill you. And and him talking about how, my goodness, that's not how I view what God has called me to do. Absolutely. So how would that affect that pastor's kids if they were sitting in that car going down the road? You know, something that... that uh, I credit, well, I didn't so much credit him then, but I credit my dad now. Is, uh, there was only one standard applied in the church and growing up. I remember talking about just moments, you know, that just affect you the rest of your life. I was probably four or five years old in, uh, in Sunday school, and it definitely wouldn't have been my fault, but my teacher got on to me. Oh, yes. And so I felt, you know, I felt it incumbent upon me to inform her. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I happen to be the pastor's son. Do you know who I am? When I got got out of class, I was going to go tell my daddy. And she smiled at me and she said, you know, you ought to just do that. (laughs) And I did, but I never did it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Do you care to expound on why you arrived at the decision that you wouldn't do that anymore? Something to do with the board of correction. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a church board or? Well, our board was a little different. It was about three foot long. Okay. (laughs) It was wooden. Yeah. Yeah. One person sat on it at a time. Well, and it was, if it was kept at the church, it would still be a church board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, my sister, they pastor uh, in Carthage, Mississippi now, interesting enough, had a desire uh, to go into the ministry. He's a preacher's kid. And, and, and uh, might I say, I'd like to hear your opinion on that, but... Uh, you're not automatically qualified or expected to become a, a preacher if your parents are in ministry. Oh, that's so but good. Neither should, it, neither should it disqualify you. Absolutely. You know? um, 
but nonetheless, we, we, we were drawn to, to working for God. And so as we grew up, uh, Robin nor myself, we were never a dumping ground for the negative things of the church. Uh, my dad, he was quite a colorful man and he would always boast and say, my church, I pastor a church with no problems. Well, you know, everybody would just kind of raise their eyebrows and he would follow it up and say, now I pastor a church. The people here may have some problems, but the church has got no problems. But he left it at that. He never came home and discussed that with us. He never, I mean, if there was something we needed to be, uh, you know, warned from or, or maybe even involved in a situation that we needed correction. Of course we knew about it, but they, they never dumped. It was not the fact that we were PKs was not a depressing subject. Wow. Uh, it was, it was, we felt like the church was the happiest place on earth. Wow. Uh, So. Wow. I'm thankful for that perception. That, that is so, that is so massive because if there's, if there's anything that I can appreciate looking back on my upbringing was it was how my dad sheltered me yes. from the very obvious, looking back in retrospect, the very obvious uh, issues that I could have gotten entangled in. And, and whenever I'm around that now and I, and I hear discussions, this is not a popular thing. What I'm fixing to say, but it really fits even broader than just preachers' kids. There are some conversations that kids should just not be a part of. I agree, and and so they 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 don't they're not little people. They are children, and there's a degree of innocence that needs to be preserved in 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 the eyes of those children. I agree. I I dealt with an issue. Uh, as a pastor, it was a t- terrible situation, and the parent was just weeping uncontrollably. Of course, the children were there, and they came in in just one of those moments. It was very tense. And, and so, you know, mom's crying, the children are crying. Right. Well, immediately... I said, you know what? Why don't we let this little girl go outside? So they went out with uh, the children in the backyard, and we we prepared to to help the lady. And it was a, I mean, she had a lot of reason to be crying. Sure. But I learned something while I was sitting there. I could see behind her in that backyard. So her daughter walks out from just sobbing and all upset within within five minutes when she got into a different environment wow. with with children their lap she was laughing playing jumping on that trampoline and and uh i mean i'm convinced yes they should be sheltered the life will bring them issues soon enough right. without them having to too quickly. And, and my parents did that for us, you know. Yes. Uh, hey, I should say this. 
and I'm talking a lot. So, no, so this is uh, great. This is great. Well, tough times. They don't last. Yep. Tough people last. Right. And, you know, to say that the church is the happiest place on earth and to say that PK life was a blessed life. I, I believe that that's not to say that, that, uh, there's not disappointment and not critical times. Um, we were blessed, but it was not trouble free. Our family was the target of a murder plot. Uh, they tried to run my father off and it was not an empty threat. The, uh, when I was eight years old, someone came in the church and murdered the evangelist during the church service. Uh, I remember going home and they piled furniture up on our door, not knowing who was coming next. Uh, our church burned to the ground. We had church in a school cafeteria. Uh, we went into a storefront. My dad scrapped and bought and sold and built a new church. And uh, then, of course, just recently, uh, we were hit directly by a hurricane. And then six weeks later, another hurricane came. Uh, we're having church right now in a white tent. But you know what, Brother McKillop? You know what? The church has not scattered. It hasn't declined. It's just. Yeah, and how, and how long have you been having church in that white tent? Well, September will be make two years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just wanted you, I just wanted the folks to know. What's I tell them that we're Moses had forty years in the wilderness in the tabernacle. <laughs> we're chasing that, but we don't want to catch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just wanted to point that out. If anybody was if anybody was listening to this, this isn't just a six week tent revival. This has been a deal. No. No, it was not. Uh, it was not an intentional tent revival. Either. Right. <laughs> not a, one. Uh, but it it has been wonderful. It has been wonderful. So um, through so through all of those adversities, mm -hmm. you still have emerged from that, saying that life was good. God life was. Good. Life was good. Wow. My, my wife, you know, God, she's a PK. And uh, she's my much better half, by the way. Yeah. Um, the only worry I have about her, I, 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 lived a, I lived a good life, best I could, and God gave me the desires of my heart. Why on earth she got stuck with me? I'm wondering how she lived as a child. <laughs> 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 Did you have to take that up with God? <laughs> but uh, Julie always says, she's like, John, everybody does not like you. And uh, I said, oh, 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 yes, they do. They just, they may not know it yet. Yeah. They need me to convince them. <laughs> that, that, that's my mentality, how I've been brought up. It's a happy life. It's a good life. Yes. Uh, responsibilities have come soon enough, but we take that, we take that, that, uh, luncheon opportunity for PKs 
and bring in men who are accomplished, who have, who have been where they're at. And, and uh, they're there to, to answer. We had, we had, I felt like great questions brought up by the PKs. Incredible. And, you know, every, every situation is not idyllic. Um, but, but with God, with God in a proper mindset, uh, you'll see, you'll come through. And we have to believe, do we not, that, that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. That yes. sometimes he may, not, he may not explain why we are facing a particular circumstance, but it may not even be to be revealed until 10, 15 years later. And he allowed us to endure some things that we could, we could help someone else. Um, so I feel, I view it much more as a privilege than, than a burden to be uh, in the life of, of uh, you know, growing up in, in, in the home of a minister. Right. So how, if, if, if I could, um, ask a question and so much of what you've said over the last few moments has been about finding the right balance. So, Mm -hmm. um, for example, you said, because I'm a preacher's, uh, preacher's kid, that doesn't mean I have to be in the ministry, but yet it doesn't mean that I can't be in the ministry. So it's about finding what that balance is. And one of those other ones that i I would like you to talk a bit more about, and I'm I'm very curious of your opinion, is how, as a a preacher's kid myself and now raising a son, how do I keep the right balance in that child from being an elitist, because I am a preacher's kid, and I'll talk to my dad as soon as this class is over, and I'll I'll eat what I want out of the fridge in the in yeah. the church kitchen and I'll do whatever I want to do. Cause bless God, I'm the preacher's kid <laughs> to the pendulum swinging so far the other way that the preacher's kid becomes the one that is always on the peripheral. And he's the example that's used for everything. And in the, the fishbowl. Yeah. He's living in a fishbowl. Exactly. Constantly. Every one of his actions scrutinized to the place where he doesn't have the right, the privilege of just being a kid. How do you find that balance? Wow. Well, I, again, I put a lot of responsibility and opportunity on, on dad, you know, um, you take a case in point Moses, uh, meekest man, just like your host here, meekest man in all the earth. Uh, But you know, even even a sinner could see that what Moses was doing, it was not it was not it was not going to work for long. Well, he was mm-hmm. stretched, and you know, God used him to be the deliverer. He would go and fast forty days and forty nights. Uh, he's doing all this staring down Pharaoh, mm-hmm. uh, but as far as I can read. The only thing we see Moses doing 
it, as far as interacting with his sons, all, all I read is that he circumcised them, you know? Wow. And, but I never read of them. I never read of them uh, pursuing his calling, you know, well, or good. having anything to do with it. I, I believe our children need to see us wearing other hats than the preacher hat. Um, you know, a fishing hat. Heard you talking about fishing. Yeah. An adventure hat. Uh, a funny hat. And, and of course, bring the things of God to them. I feel like, I feel like it starts with mom and dad on how they're, you know, how they're structuring this child. Mm. There cannot be a double standard in the home. If they, if they see it, if they, you know, we may fool some people, but we're not going to fool our children. They see us. And, and uh, if they know that dad, dad loves them, I, I've been corrected. I remember to this day, I try not to talk when people are praying because my dad did the scriptural thing. He, while he was praying and all heads bowed and all, he was watching and praying. And uh, I was, I was making jokes while that was going on, <laughs> but I stopped because he stopped and said, John and Aaron, I said, every head bowed. Well, I got the point, yeah. but so did every other, so did every other child in that church. It wasn't just John. It wasn't just Aaron, right. but, uh, and I'm thankful for that. Yes. I, I, I'm for that. Uh, it gives, it, it gives me identity that I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not above Prince John, you know, Yep. I'm not on some pedestal, yes. But he's not kicking me around either, yes. And uh, well, obviously, you know, he would have he would have done that to another young guy sitting there if he'd have been doing it. So it, it's kind of of a level, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, I think. Now, I kind of strayed a little bit from your question. We need to go back in there. But thinking of thinking of the home structure, mm-hmm. I, I and look, I'm preaching to myself as well. We're, we're building a church. And it just seems like there's never a time when we're not busy. Right. But is our, is our pace sustainable? Uh, I, I think of where Jesus said, you know, let's go to the desert place. Let's, let's go to the other side. And he said, let's rest a while. Mm-hmm. Now we know, we know that Jesus didn't have to have rest. He is the rest, sure. you know, sure. he is, he's the living water, the bread of life. But I believe he did that for our example that, even even the busiest among us should should take time and and go to the other side and and uh, and take our own family and invest in one another. Uh, you come back charged up, and and our children need to know that that they are they are special 
to us yes. and they are you know I, i'm sure we feel the same way i want to save everyone i come in contact with yes but i hope i believe that god understands and wants me above anyone i want to save my family oh number one priority absolutely absolutely that that that's there is a good thrust for the while we're doing the PK luncheon, we've got we, these pastors and their wives, they're, they're serving and working and ministering. But oftentimes it's so easy, not intentionally, but, but we, we just turn around and eight months are gone and we haven't been able to connect and focus on our children. I know I've been guilty of that, but that's, okay. that's a, something that we, we want to continually do with this PK. Just give them a time again, not to make them you're better and something like you said, an elitist club. It's not that That's, God's not into that. Right. But at the same time, this is our heritage. Yes. This is our, heritage. what do you think? I, I think oftentimes as the PK goes, so goes the youth group. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, wow, if we miss it, we're not only going to damage our own heritage, but the work of God. Conversely, let the let the PKs be on fire for God and involved in the work of God, and you'll see you'll see others. The youth group do it. Yes, right. That absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, and, and, and I think you would agree at a certain age. I mean, obviously, younger, it, it may not be the same exact scenario. But when they get into their mid-teen you know, teen years, mid-teens and, and up, they often have as great of an influence on their peers or greater than what you or I would have as a pastor. By all means. By all means. Yep. Yes. So... It, that, that, that just underscores the importance again of, but really that becomes, if, if we're not careful, we're having that discussion and preachers, kids are listening to us right now. It can become a subconscious burden upon them too. Right. right? And you know, brother McKillop, I think they should keep this in mind. You know, now, I don't believe you're God anointed to be, you know, God calls the ministry. And then they're, they're just tools that come along with it. Like you said, Sarah or the children and they have an impact, but um, we shouldn't think too highly of ourselves, but we shouldn't ignore our position either. And I, I think that the concept that I try to remember is, you know, we're not, we're not the Messiah, we're just the messenger. Mm. And if you're a preacher's kid and you're surrounded by hellions and people are, you know, you feel all of that pressure. Well, you're going to uh, let me digress. I, I did. I tried to live. I tried to live a, a, a circumspect life. It was definitely far from perfect. Uh, I mentioned this at the, at the PK luncheon that, uh, People did not want to hang around me in different that were doing wrong. Mm -hmm. um, 
case in point, we had a youth trip and some of the guys, they went to the hotel. They were going to, uh, you know, watch something. They were going to turn on the TV. So, uh, man, I was probably 12, 13, and those boys were a good bit older, and they wouldn't let me come in. I said, let me come in. Let me come in. No, no, you're going to tell your dad. <laughs> and uh, no. And so they let me in, and they were right. When it got dark that night, back my parents, I went in there and said, nah, Daddy, I watch TV, and so did so-and-so and so-and-so. <laughs> We're in this boat together. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, it does cause some separation. There are people that are not doing just right, but – Never forget, I mean, you're just, you're not, you're not the Messiah there. Just live, live your life. Uh, some are going to plant, some are going to water. But it's only God that's going to give the increase. There will be people that backslide and you just need to keep your identity. Know who you are and know whose you are. You're, you're a child of the king. Yes. You're a a royal priesthood, yes. uh, a chosen generation. God's got his hand on your life. And if you, you stay, stay focused on that, uh, you'll face some peer pressure, but it's not bad for you. It's not bad for you. Right. It, it makes you, it forms your identity. And to quote, to quote a great scholar of our day, uh, Pastor Daniel McKillop, he said this, now you correct me, but this is what I took from the PK launching is you said that people can damage your reputation, but they cannot touch your character. Right. And you, if you focus on keeping your character, you'll eventually get your reputation back as well. Yes. And I thought that's a great, that's a great point to keep in mind. Uh, focus on, uh, you're not going to be perfect, but use that altar just like anyone else would. And, and, uh, and, and you know what? You do right long enough. There are people that want to, they want to, they want a role model. They yes. want, they want a voice in their generation. Not everyone, mm -hmm. but they will follow you. And, uh, and so I, that's what our hope is as we, every year when we host that to just leave them encouraged and, and equipped that you can, you can be a difference maker now and should be. Yes. As you. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, um, th this is so good, but is there any specific application to this as it relates even to missionary kids. Because in addition, in addition to overall ministry uh, and, and the uniqueness of my dad's the pastor and there's, you know, there's some kids that don't want to hang around me because I'm going to tell them that they were my dad. <laughs> we were all watching TV last night. Or you've got the other side of the spectrum. So we've, we've kind of danced through that. There's another level 
to missions where they're even pulled out, excuse me, out of the culture of their home country. And, and then they find themselves more tied to a foreign culture or a third world culture. And they come back and, and, you know, do you have any input on how that particular child keeps his equilibrium? Wow. Uh, I, I believe it was uh, Brother Matt Tuttle that I heard referring to this at, at Little Rock Camp Meeting. Uh, him, you know, just basically being struggling internally with yes. bitterness and and because, you know, I'm being, I'm being yes. drug off to a country that doesn't have McDonald's or... You know, he, yeah. was, he was listing those issues. Yeah. I heard that. And, you know, I, I, that's not my, that's not my background. So I really, uh, it would just be an opinion, but certainly people who have lived it could speak much better to it than I could. Um, my heart goes out to children of missionaries as a matter of fact, we brought some in to some of our meetings uh, for that purpose. And it's, yes, it's a different dynamic, not only the typical PK life, but there you are. You're, you're not even surrounded by, by your peers. And uh, I, I would just have to think that God God has his hand on them um, and he may be using them for, as I said earlier, you know, they may be in, in a quiet place or as David was, you know, honing his craft in isolation, but don't lose, don't lose the importance of the moment by waiting. Well, if I can get to this conference, certainly God, God is, God knows exactly where we all are and he will sustain us. His grace is sufficient for us. You're going to have a different perspective. Uh, just like you said, the message that, that brother Tuttle preached, I mean, who better to say it than, right. than a mission job, but he didn't use that as a, as a crutch. Mm-hmm. He's used that now as a weapon that that look what god can do and and uh so it's definitely a different dynamic but but it's not a handicap and and i think you should uh, lean on mom and dad uh you're having you're in a culture uh affect the culture around you yes and you have that power you have that uh, you have that opportunity. And again, I, I say I didn't live that. So I don't want to sound hollow in, in uh, telling you something that I didn't live, but, but I know there are, so, there are many successful missionary children. I think of, uh, I'm so impressed with Jacob Zar. Uh, man, he's, he's dynamic in yes. what he's doing. Yes. And, and my hat, my hat is off to them. Yeah, and you you look at, um, I I agree, great a great uh, man. You see it, 
with the Lambeth uh, family, how it's passed off from generation Absolutely. to generation. Um, they've, they've obviously mastered that balance of, of all of those dynamics that we've been talking about today. Mm-hmm. We got into, into one more area, and I'd like uh, maybe to talk about it a bit before we wind down here. And that was the whole uh, concept of it's my pastor and it's my dad. Sure. And, and I don't have the ability to go talk to my pastor like everybody else in their youth group does without their parents sitting in eavesdropping on that conversation. <laughs> so my dad's got these hats and, and how do I, how do I talk to dad about that? Every conversation is a conversation with the pastor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Jaron. <laughs> yeah. And, and I believe, I believe it was you that brought up maybe the importance of other voices that, that you, you have set up and, and given guidance to your kids. Yes. I, I preached a message one time on things that I learned from my daddy's chair. Mm. And uh, that was just a spot in our house. My dad, when he would come home in the evening, he would had a recliner and it had the manual lift. And so most of the time it was Robin, but ever so often I would get in trouble <laughs> and, uh, Probably she got me into it. But yeah. anyway, he'd be sitting there reading his newspaper. <clears throat> and, uh, boy, you could, he had this distinct voice. And he would say, Mr. Hare. <laughs> and he'd start this, this long process of folding his newspaper up, taking his glasses off. Then I could hear the recliner pop up. And once that happened, it was like a final deal. You were fixing to get a thrashing. But uh, <laughs> I realized now after I have two teenage children, he was he was cooling off so he didn't kill me. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Not going to handle that metal while it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. There was that chair represented many things. Uh, uh we would also climb up. I would climb up in that chair and lay on my dad's chest and we would talk. And, uh, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm blessed more than most because I had a very close relationship with my father. Uh, I want to have that with my children. I, I think that I I just pray that they feel comfortable in in talking to me and and my wife that that we love them and and they can trust us as parents, not just some mystical, you know, Spiritual distant spirit guru. Right. Uh, that's my that's my son and my daughter. You know, and but you're exactly right. I believe just like you said, there's a time where 
our children will have more influence on the youth group, uh, you know, or at least a different impact and a significant impact on the youth group than we will. I believe in the life of every teenager or our children, there's going to come a moment where someone else has more sway and more influence on our children than we do. I, I hate to admit that, but I, yeah. I believe it. And so I believe that it is, it's, I mean, it's imperative that we find voices, people of character way ahead of time that we build relationships with. So in that time where our child is needing a voice, we have the right voice in their, in their, in their lives. Yes. And uh, that, that's where our circle of influence is so critical. Um, I, I've sought for those voices, my children's life. They're going to not <clears throat> rob from me and my wife, but they're going to add to so, right, they're uh, not vying for the influence that you have. They're no, forcing it. Oh, no. Right. That, that's that's a byproduct of, of of the the PK event, you know, to force those relationships. Yes. So, yeah. And I'm telling you, I I, I know I've already said it, but I think that that venue is is one that is so needed, and I. Thanks. We're excited about it. Matter of fact, you heard of the Adams family? Yes. Not not the Hollywood, not the Hollywood group. <laughs> We've got the Apostolic Adams family this year. Um, brother Caleb out of West Virginia. There are eight children raised in in a in a PK home. Yes. And so you know, brother Caleb Adams, brother Tim Adams, brother Joey Adams. Uh, they're girls. They're married Samuel. into ministry. Yep. Who is it? Samuel. I think there's a brother named yeah. Samuel. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That entire family, seven of them, are going to come and tell their story. Now, of course, they've been extremely successful in life and uh, very involved in ministry. And wow. this is going to be unique. Yeah, they're going to come. That in. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man, do you have any parting advice you want to leave um, with us before we bring bring it to a close? This has been so good. Well, look at it. Uh, my great-grandmother, uh, Sister Agnes Holmes, used to say this about she would always correct people if they said, I have to go to church, you know, she said, no, no, I get to go to church. Wow. It's a, it's not a, it's not a pressure. It's a privilege to go to church. And I view that same, same mindset when it comes to PK life challenges. Yes. Demands on mom and dad's time. Absolutely. But it's a privilege it's a blessing. There's so many perks that come with it. And, and to be able to, you have the opportunity. You have, you were just born 
with it. You didn't choose that, but you were born as a PK. Look around. You can lift people up. And when we learn to serve versus, you know, focusing on our feelings and the, the disadvantages, life's, life is so much richer. And uh, I, I, uh, I pray for PKs. That's why we've, we've invested in this. Uh, we, we believe in it. And, and so you're the voice for your generation and, and to come. So live it for you, live it to the fullest.